Wow. Ooh. Where's the H? Ooh. Hello, governor. That's weird. Let me try that again. <laughs> Did you say hello? No, I said hello. Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode, <laughs> episode 293. Woo! Damn. I'm Chris, and with me today are... Ames. Caitlin. Jake! Uh, that was a, that was a, I was trying something new there. It didn't work. No, I don't know. I thought I, it was good. Yeah, oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, it had its merits. This week, we will be looking at Survival Instinct and Barge of the Dead. Ooh. Spooky. Oh, you're doing spooky. I was doing foghorns. Oh, no. <laughs> they both worked. I mean, foghorns are kind of spooky. They are kind of spooky. Or they can be. They are often used to establish spooky. I say, I say. Wrong foghorn, but yes. Nah. That's the wrong foghorn. I don't want to be right. Fair enough. First up in Survival Instinct, the Voyager has pulled up to a space station and Janeway decided... Let's just let everyone on board all at once. And Tuvok's like, we can open the ship without it being quite okay. And among the many people on board are some old colleagues of Seven of Nine. And by old colleagues, I mean four former Borg from her old Unimatrix. A lot of those around. Yeah. They pull a little, you know, trick. Admiral Black goes up to one of them, to her, and is like, I've got this big box of stuff, and shows her the Hellfish Bonanza keys, and, uh... I'm not getting any of these references, oh, Come on, Hellfish Bonanza you should get, that's a classic Simpsons. What? When, uh, it turns out Monty Burns was in Grandpa's unit in World War II, oh and they had God. the Nazi art. And they all had the, had the tattoo? Yep, yep. Wrinkly tattoo? Mm-hmm. Wrinkly gibberish? Yep. Exactly. Holy cow, that's a deep cut. That one was specifically for you, because I knew you, I thought you'd get it. Damn, I'm sorry I wasn't here for it. And Admiral Black, that guy will play Admiral Black in the future. I thought it was Admiral Forrester or something. Maybe it is Forrester. There's an Admiral Forrester and an Admiral Black. He, Admiral Forrester's from Enterprise and is played by Von Armstrong. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Okay, Forrester then. Anywho, having done that tangent... We did it! So yeah, guy is like, hey, do you want these things? And she's like, oh shit, that's Borg stuff. Yes, I do. Jane, we will... This stuff, isn't it neat? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Jane, we will pay you literally anything for it. I would love to know what he... I mean, he probably didn't ask for anything because he wanted to keep his scheme secret. Soup from Neelix. Ooh, wait a minute. So... (laughs) She starts looking into it and... They're all like, him and two other people are being creepy with each other, and there's talk of a plan, and ooh, what's going on security, and they they try to like break into her mind while she's in a regeneration alcove, and she's like, fuck off, you jackasses. And so basically, the short version is we find out, they were all part of the same little team that crashed on a planet. Because they were disconnected from the collective, they set up like a mini local collective, but it wasn't working great, so all their memories started to resurface. And three of them are like, oh, fuck this noise. I don't want to be a Borg anymore. And she's like, but, oh, God, it's like all I've known for years and no. And, you know, we find out we again cut back to the present. And the three of them, they managed to escape from the Borg and for some reason have like a, a mental link even though they've been deborged and they just, you know, share thoughts all the time and they just want to be individuals properly and they think she's somehow the key to it helping them figure out what there's like clearly some missing gaps in their memories hers as well and uh it turns out she caused it by reassimilating them when they tried to run off and then there's a big thing where it turns out the doctor can only disconnect them from each other 
if they'll be... Well, he can disconnect from each other, but they'll be dead in, like, a month-ish. They're also now suffering all this brain injury yeah. from doing that Link thing. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it, too. You're right. Whoopsie. So, either they can be returned to the Borg, in which case they will be able to survive, but as drones, or she can disconnect them all from each other, but they'll be dead in, like, a month. And there's a bit of a debate, and then she does the right thing and lets them be deborged. And, uh, yeah. But the only one that felt like there even being a debate was kind of fucked up. It's like, well, we just have to return them to the collective. It's like, have you all learned nothing? The Borg are awful. I mean, I think the way they did it made it work in that it was like, it wasn't between her and the crew. It was her and the doctor who would kind of make sense that he'd be like, you know, my programming is such that I... Do no harm. Yeah, do no harm. And like... At the basest sense of do no harm, it's keep them alive. Mm. And it's like, well, this ain't the best. This isn't a live doctor. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of what he brings her around to. You know, what was the line they said? Uh, sur- survival isn't oh, enough yeah, or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the line, because I wrote this one down. Yeah. Yeah, because that's um, quoted a bunch of times in Brain is Gone, uh, Station Eleven. Because <laughs> which... Brain is Gone, Spock's Brain. <laughs> yes, that one. Uh, Station Eleven, which is a, a book turned into a series on... Netflix, I H- think? HBO. HBO. Hmm. That I'd recommend. I think it's pretty good. Fair. Both yeah. the book and the series. Yeah, post, post-apocalyptic. Uh... Yeah. But yeah, that, I thought that was a pretty good line. Survival is yeah. insufficient. I also think, because I know we've said before, like, are we going to see, you know, Seven get any development over the course of the show and, like, becoming more person-like? Or does she just start over every episode? And I think this episode does a lot of showing what yeah. development she's gotten, because a year ago, Seven would be like, yeah, send him back to the Borg. They'll be fine. That way they can still live. Mm. And this Seven is like, I'm very conflicted about this. She has a chat with Chakotay, which they don't talk an awful lot. I thought that was a nice little little touch for a scene. She has a chat with EMH about it. Uh, it's all it's all good stuff for her. Her and her buddy Chat Cote. Yeah. Uh, you know, she uh, gave Naomi an existential crisis by chatting <laughs> with her about it in a deleted scene. God, that would be awful. <laughs> Small child, help me decide this. Can right. I kill these people? I, I do like that uh, by being involved in this and being, like, their old work, you know, like, fucking work buddy, she winds up with power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Right. That kind of sucks. Isn't that how it works? Well, like, yeah, that's pretty much how it is. I mean, she's the she's the next of kin, really. She's the closest thing they have oh, to. Oh, that's a good point. God, I guess she is. The thing I like about it is, in the end, she doesn't get off the hook. No. Like... Your the expectation I think is that even if it, if the episode if it doesn't work out with like the best outcome like it's bittersweet no matter what mm. usually you end the episode with feeling like okay everyone's happy with the outcome but in this one like yeah the Borgs are happy enough they accept it they accept <laughs> it but they're also just like. Fuck you, Seven of Nine, for doing this to us. I can't forgive you. You fucked me up. You fucked my life up. And fuck you. Well, it's funny, too. When that guy was like, you know, my people don't believe in holding grudges. And they have their little moment. And then they cut to... What was her name? Uh, Marika. Marika. <laughs> I'm a fucking Bajoran. That... We love to hold grudges. Exactly. Yeah, first thing it says, Chris... oh, yep, Bajorans exactly hold a grudge, though. I love to hold grudges if it's the, the kitty from Discovery. Oh, <laughs> She's yeah, a spe- queen. Speaking of which... Grudge? Speaking How? of cats? No. Yes, Speaking please. of uh, the Bajoran Borg. Yeah. Nobody on Voyager noticed, apparently, that oh, yeah, among, a, among the people that are wandering around a is a random Bajoran? Yeah. Or someone like, I, I imagine like somebody comes like, wow, you, 
You look so much like a species from the Alpha Quadrant. That's crazy. They have the same nose thing. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> She's like, it's not that unusual. Lots of aliens have a nose thing. <laughs> I mean, they probably do is the thing. I feel like we see a lot of nose things. <laughs> yeah, we see, a, we see a ton of aliens that look... I fucking identical to humans and no that's one's like are you human well sometimes they yeah. are but it's always when they're actually human and it's like god damn it i suppose like also too like the ship was stupid crowded mm. there's a, she probably just kind of kind of keep her head down and like yeah, you know, yeah a little band-aid over the nose just kind of pretends to sneeze <laughs> i mean think about how many species are just humans without even a nose thing right yeah. I mean, she also had scars all over her face yeah. that kind of drew the eye. What it really comes down to is Starfleet people are, like, just fucking face blind mm. to face stuff at this point. That's right. And she didn't have the earring, so that's why they didn't yeah. notice. Oh, man, you've been working out. You got that washboard <laughs> bridge. <laughs> Weird Jake. Yeah, I think they're going, and this is me looking ahead a little bit, because, you know, I happen to look, oh, yeah, Marika's going to stay on Voyager to rub salt in fucking Seven's wounds. Are we going to see her again, you know, in the month or so she has to live? And the answer is no. Absolutely yeah, not. It's too bad. And fucking missed opportunity, because that would be a great episode a month down the line to be like, oh, Marika, you're, that you're you know, failing, your body is failing. Maybe yeah. if uh, more had stuck around. Maybe, well, Especially, yeah. like, if she had, um... Like, considering that she's technically Starfleet MIA, mm. she should theoretically be able to be reinstated as an officer, I would think. Yeah, you're really going to make this woman work for her. No, but I feel life. like from like like a ceremonial oh, uh, yeah, pers- perspective, like well, having definitely... her in a uniform would have been interesting. They'll definitely shoot her out. Out of a finny tube when it's time oh, yeah, to say goodbye. Sure. Oh, God. Um, yeah, she mentions that she served on the Excalibur, which yeah. fa- which eagle-eared listeners will remember is the That's ship... Riker commanded, right? That's right. Riker commanded in Redemption I actually thought 2, so too. Uh, which was another Ronald D. Moore episode. Ah. Yeah. So he knew. <laughs> and as I believe I mentioned at the time, gets an extra life in a series of novels hmm. with a new crew, though. Oh, dang. So how does the timing work out, right? Because Seven of Nine says that the in, the, the crash where they were where they originally deborged was eight years prior. So oh, I missed that it was that long ago. Yeah, so it was eight years ago uh, is when the crash happened, and the Federation only first encountered the Borg in season two of TNG, which would have been what like. 10 or 11 years ago in universe probably hmm. so either she was a recently does it work out to wolf 359 or no i don't know well, I mean, well but the thing is we don't know that. how we don't know how long she was a borg how many years ago eight it was when the crash happened but that doesn't but she could have already been a borg for but a while. she should have been wicked young though still because she's feel like she only looks like she's in her 20s so that's mm. so assuming <laughs> She's supposed to be the same age as Jerry Ryan. She would have been 31 at the time. When so, they crashed? No, like, sorry, when they in filmed, the present. When they filmed the show. So then, in theory, if it, if they're roughly the same age, Seven would have been in her early 20s at that mm-hmm. point. How do Bajorans age? Well, so also she could have How just, do Borgs she age? She could have been a, a, you know, a younger crew person when she was on the Excalibur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she wasn't necessarily in Redemption. She was just right. On that she was ship just on that ship, point. and w- and we don't know. I mean, that ship. Well, actually, no. Could that ship? Because when was Redemption? What season? Three or four. I think it was four. four so Redemption three... was after Wolf Three Five Nine. Right. 
So. Because that was best of both worlds. But the thing is, all of the ships at Wolf 359 were destroyed. Yeah. So she couldn't have been at Wolf 359 because the Excalibur still exists for the other episode. So it had to have just been some other encounter encounter with the Borg that we don't know about. Might be why they have a completely new crew by the novels. Hmm. Right. Oh, did anyone anyone else also recognize that actress? Because I wanted to bring up, mostly for my own reasons, that she played that Vulcan woman, Sakona, in DS9's The Maquis. She was the one, this is why I want to bring it up, that when they kidnapped, (laughs) when the Maquis thought they could kidnap Gul Dukat, which is hilarious, uh, she tries to mind meld him and it doesn't work. And Dukat just says, oh no, are you trying to mind meld me? You you dumb bitch. What do you think you're doing? I'm Gul Dukat. (laughs) Have you seen my swagger? No, No, what he said was, are you trying to mind meld me? That's outrageous, Sakona. Ah. My soul. I liked it. Ow. But I don't know. I did not. So. Yeah. I and I liked, I liked her well enough. I liked her yeah. little existential crisis on planet. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this girl's good at ex- existential crisis. And then Seven had her existential crisis. I'm like, oh, no, no. She puts that girl to shame. You yeah. get it, Jerry Ryan. Yeah, Jerry Ryan, man. She, She's she, great. She nails it every time. It's too uh, bad that she is like minimized to tits in a suit a lot of the time. I don't think so. I think the show, I think the writers, as much as the producers, like the mm. Rick Bermans of the world, minimize her to, to tits and ass, I think the writers do her a good good amount of service. Yeah, they fight Rick as best they can. Yeah. Yeah, like I read, I mentioned last week in our, our chat about Ronald D. Moore and how these are, the episodes we're seeing this week are the two that he has his name on. And he wrote, or he had this interview that I'll link on the Facebook or something, but I didn't read it last week because there were no paragraph breaks. So this week I basically had a, web, a browser program read it out loud to me so that I wouldn't have to deal with it. <laughs> uh, and he has a long section where he just goes off on the Seven of Nine outfit and how it's fucking absurd and deplorable Mm -hmm. and sure if you want to go for sex appeal that's fine but do it to everyone then Mm. everyone should have like cleavage and and, and bulge i think chakotay would look great in a corset but yeah yeah i mean i think this episode i mean this was good for her character yeah does it rewrite the borg a little because i was getting a little lost in the i I know when we saw like this it's a little eyeborgy which mm. we love. We love Iborg. If you're going to go anywhere, go to Iborg. Sure. But it seems like Hugh, when he was disconnected from the collective, didn't go this route. So are these people just affected differently? Was it in a different circumstance? I think what we've been learning over the course of, you know, for since since we met the Borg is that the Borg are, are like... I don't know what operating system they run, but it's got to be like Windows 95. <laughs> because here's the thing. Like, on the surface, they look very clean, polished, organized, hive mind, single purpose. But you look a little under the surface, and it's blue screen of death everywhere. <laughs> and like... Normally, they just turn those people off and take their parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, when a ship like this crashes and, like, shit happens, like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Like, the software is going to fuck up in unpredictable ways. It really did, too. And I think, yeah. So, like, I'm very willing to dismiss any inconsistencies and just say, like, nah, software glitch. Yeah, because I did like watching these people slowly come to the realization of who they were. Mm. This isn't my hand. I know. I want my hand back. That's that's... good. (laughs) Well, I also wonder, right, so... 
Seven of Nine was obviously not assimilated in the Delta Quadrant, right? No, she was. She oh, was. that's right. Because they, they, they found the ship. They found the ship. Yeah, the they, followed, they, they followed them through like a transwarp yeah, conduit right. or something. That. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Because what I was going to say is like maybe this sphere that they were on was like stationed in the Alpha Quadrant. Mm. Or maybe it was even part of the like a scouting expedition to check out Earth. I don't know. Mm. It's just interesting that they have both a human and a Bajoran on the same sphere. When there can't be that many Bajoran Borgs. Maybe the Queen mm. just has a weird sense of humor. Well, we also saw in the one where the Vinculum makes seven, like have a bunch of the personalities of the people who's been assimilated from her Unimatrix. Just mm-hmm. yeah. voices. Kinda, yeah. Um, and there was like a Ferengi and a mm. Klingon and a and a human who had gone to Wolf 359. And I, yeah, so not, I kind of wonder, like, maybe maybe 709 was, like, on one of those. Like, here's a theory. Here's a fan theory for you. Yeah. Love it. Love it already. Okay, what if... So we saw in First Contact that when the, when the cube was destroyed... The sphere, like, was the escape raft that, yeah. that like, yeah. the queen or whoever else got out on. Seven was supposed to be the queen well, until... Well, what if the mm. first, the Wolf 359 cube also had an escape hatch mm. and, and, a, and a sphere? Um, it was kind of dicking around the Alpha Quadrant for a while before like it maybe home. maybe that sphere was, like, the... Borgs that made that got off of that, and it would include in maybe seven of nine was at well three five nine. Maybe she knew Lacutus personally. Ooh. Maybe when when Picard talks about in, in first contact talks about how you were always there, I blah, 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 to the queen. Maybe he's referring to seven of nine. We just don't know. <laughs> Yeah, God, though this isn't my that line. It's like, oh God, that could have been. I mean, it, it, it's 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 which, it, which line? It, it, that's not my. This isn't oh, my hand. Okay. Like, could have been so much more like literally horrifying as opposed to existentially. Mm. But they they did it very well. Okay, so here's here's my question then. We got we got our, our Unimatrix buddies two, three, and four. Good for them. <laughs> what the fuck is their plan when they realize seven is nearby? Yeah, because they seem they seem to even though they kind of have this hive mindy thing going on, and they can finish each other's sentences, which is both understandable and irritating at the same time. Yes, yes. It's like I, I get it, but Jesus Christ, this is stupid. Yeah. And they decide, well, let's just break into Seven's alcove and wave our hands in her face until we get shot by Tuvok. You get him, Tuvok. Well, I, know. It's, it's, I thought they were trying to link up. To seven of nine, kind of like what they ended up actually doing. Yeah. So that they could see, because they're missing memories. They don't remember the period on the planet between when they went to sleep and when they were reborn. Yeah. So, so they were. They're, they're hoping that seven of nine has those missing memories and can answer like what the hell happened. the fuck. <laughs> but if, and of course seven of nine does have those memories. And my question is. Did Seven of Nine unlock those memories when she joined the link, or did she always know? Did she always remember? And and um... no, because she she even said like she also just remembers being at the campfire. And yeah, but then... was she bullshitting? Was she lying? I don't think Seven lies, especially not about something that serious. 
Yeah, maybe. What would she have to gain from lying if they're just going to find out in five minutes when they plug in anyway? True, that's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I think just for... Now, why exactly the memories are locked out of her as well, that's a whole different that question. Make, see, that's the thing. It, like, or it, the thing. I it doesn't know. make any sense that she wouldn't remember it. Like, you really think if if this was a Borg thing, they would have wiped the entire event. Yeah. Because you don't want people having anywhere floating around their well, consciousness. Again, a moment. Windows 95. Yeah. Well, but she... She was the one that wiped their memories. Right, but then hers was as well. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, and, but I wonder, like, they, or maybe it's just, you know, like, uh, she wanted to forget. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. she wiped her own memory. Could have, yeah. She, she definitely didn't enjoy the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's both loyal to the Borg and afraid of being alone, which are some good reasons to, like, say, nope, fuck all this. Back to the, back to the Borg we go. Yeah. I found it interesting, though, that our new friend... Pachan, uh, number four, has been saying, like, even though they, they have this hive mind thing, he seems to have a different idea of what to do. And he says, why don't we just talk to Seven? Mm. And the other two are like, nope, we've decided this. This is the thing we've decided. We agree. We agree. We're going to go and invade her brain anyway in a different way. When really, like, I feel like if they just talked to her, it would have been fine. <laughs> I mean, I guess it sort of makes... Well, no, it doesn't make sense. Because, like, yeah, the last time they knew her, she was, like... It seems like even before they started getting their memories back, she was still already the most uptight, like, true believer of the quad. Mm. But, like, you can't assume that's still the case now, tootling around on a Starfleet ship with her bits removed. Yeah. More bits added. Mm. So you gotta figure, so these guys must have, you know, they were in the collective... But still, like, semi... They still had their... their Extra special connection, yeah. So they were aware enough to know that they didn't want to be Borgs. Yeah, like, they actually orchestrated an escape. Yeah. I feel like they would have gotten decommissioned or whatever. Maybe the maybe the, uh, the rest of the Collective didn't realize that they had this. Yeah, their special connection might have been somehow walled off from yeah. the larger thing. Yeah, they thought, oh, the reassimilation is the thing that they can see. When they were when when the uh, when the collective asked them, so do you want to be in the collective or not? They're like, well, I'm of two minds. Ah, mm-hmm. maybe three. Well, no. So they must. But so here's my guess is that they, because the collective must have f- known like that seven of nine left and that she was on Voyager, and we know that they know that because in um, in that episode where we meet the Queen, Unimatrix Zero, Dark Frontier, Dark, Dark Frontier. Frontier. Yeah, the collective knew about the whole plan all along. So I wonder if this was like they're like, "Oh shit, Seven of Nine got out. She's on a ship called Voyager. Mm. We got to leave the collective and catch up, mm. find this, find her, and then we can do this thing and maybe maybe figure out how to fix ourselves." Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And like, like that. so I don't think it was like coincidence that they were here at this. Oh station. yeah, they yeah, were no. they were there for Voyager for Seven of Nine. Yeah, they probably been trying to find her for a bit. Yeah. Well, I think a few months, anyway. Because they said they broke out a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah, I said, we broke out. Why can't we have fucking thoughts of our own? I hate I hate there? seeing all the mental images in your mind. Did, God. They, did they hijack a Borg sphere? To, yeah, to maybe. Like, yeah. Do they have anything smaller than a sphere? Like a they mini, little, a mini little cube queen, little or a... Queen, Queen's Corvette thing? That... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, they got like a little, little just Borg automobile. Yeah. Okay, but I'm actually picturing... Uh, Oh my god, what's her name in uh, Spaceballs? Her little, like, space Oh, Princess Vespa. Actually, you know what it is? At some point, the Borg assimilate that car that got shot into space with the little That's mannequin. Right. 
So one of them just does a Transformers and... No, no, they, they just they have that car. No, they just put rockets on there's it. There's actually, there, there's a pickup truck in space. It smells like manure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why? Uh, why bring that up? Did we need the scene with Kim and Paris admitting no. that they'd failed at alien tennis? No, it I just... I think they were padding for time. Yeah, yeah. no, they very clearly were. They uh, Ronald D. Moore did say that they ran a little bit short, and he, when he looked back and to see like what they added, he was like, oh... <laughs> it, it it was funny, you know, when they're, they're standing there looking chagrined. And I said, Captain, you don't understand. They said Voyager should be hauled away as garbage. I said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, her plant, a little throwback to Beauregard. A little bit. And also a little bit to um, Jake and I just rewatched Haven. And Majel had the, the little oh, right. plant on her arm <laughs> that could move around and do shit. It was very cute. Didn't mm. expect it to be prehensile. Yeah, that was those were silly scenes like Chakotay dragging a gigantic unwieldy contraption around, which was because this otherwise isn't like a light happy episode. No. This is a let's all have identity crises episode. I think it was. It's good that they started it that way and then dropped Stopped it as appropriate. Not because it was kind of different and nice to see. Oh, it's crowded. They're because even when they meet people, there's still always kind of this sense of isolation. Mm. Just because of the you nature of... You see all the of... Voth walking around on the ship? It was great to see them. Oh, I didn't! Yeah, well, they, That's amazing. So here's the thing, they looked like Voths, but then there was a scene, I think it was Naomi identified them as some other species. Oh, she was talking about them particularly? I thought so. Oh, I didn't I didn't catch what, what she was talking about. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Subspecies, maybe? Well, the thing is, like, the Voths are xenophobic. Yeah, that's true. So why would they be hanging out at, unless there's like an offshoot? Of uh, the yeah, a couple millennia ago, some mm. said, "Fuck you." They're they're the Romulans of the Voth. Yeah, maybe they were like, "Fuck." They certainly they were well, definitely the same makeup as Voth. But. Yeah, they they splintered away, became their own little culture, more like the opened up a Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the Romulans of the Voth in that they broke off, but that rhymed. <clears throat> not as isolationist as the Romulans. Who's more xenophobic, the Romulans or the Vulcans? The Romulans. Yeah, the Vulcans, the like, Vulcans... made first contact with yeah. humans, like <laughs> punks. Yeah, see, I guess what I, what's weird about the... Yeah, yeah, they're not xenophobic, but they are racist as yeah, hell. Yeah, they, they can still be jerks without yeah. being isolated. Like, they think they're better than everyone, but they'll still deal with them because it's only logical. But yeah, to, you, to what you said earlier, Ames, we, we also found the uh, finishing each other's sentences thing kind of obnoxious. Yeah. So again, I get what you're going for. I get why it makes sense, but there had to be a better way to do it. I felt like it had been directed by someone that did a lot of like theater because it felt very <laughs> but pompous theater. Yeah, yeah, that's I what thought. I said. Theater. <laughs> ah, <laughs> what the fuck? Did I stutter? <laughs> oh, I, I love it as much as the next guy. You know this. I happened to think um, when when they were trying to figure out. Okay, let's figure out why. We don't have these memories, and, and Seven seems to be a part of this. Quick, Doctor, bring out the hypnosis machine again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Something else I managed to forget about. Yeah, that was a terrible idea. So bad. <laughs> I found, you know, it's funny when uh, they have the scene where Seven doesn't like crowds. Hmm. And she's like, but you're part of the collective. And, I, you know, her thing was like, well, yes, and that's why I don't anymore. But I, I was just like, yeah, the collective was crowded but orderly. Yeah, this is quiet. a clusterfuck. Yeah, that too. Like, you could only assume that most of the time, life on Borg Cube is silent. Yeah. 
Well, you just have, as you said, the white noise of all the voices. Right. Which yeah. honestly must make it hard to not doze off constantly. They go in the little alcoves all the time. Yeah, no. Picard's thing about sleep, it's like, it's not that hard. That's why it was so easy. <laughs> They've already got the white noise machine going. It's really warm. We know that. So it's hot. There's a nice little hum. You know, there might... I'm not saying I want to be assimilated, but it sounds like maybe it's not as bad. It's supposed to be easier to sleep when it's a little bit chilly, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Is that true? Yeah. It's. I mean, I could see that. But I just mean, like, but heat does make you drowsy, though, at least. Oh, yeah, but then you can't sleep because it's too hot. Mm, fair point. Yeah, I would much rather be a little bit cold because then you can, like, squish down into some blankets. Yeah, then you get some blankets. So if yeah. it's too hot, like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You can, there's only so much you can take off. <laughs> only so much skin you can remove. Yeah. Actually, you can wrap with a blanket. Your cat can sit on you and give you some of its warmth. Put your socks in the microwave a little bit. Yeah. And I was just picturing a bored cat. Oh, so oh, pretty. Although I think as, I think we talked about that before. And we're like, the whole collective would just fall to pieces. Because it would just... The pure chaos of cat mind would take <laughs> over. But they'd all be fastidiously clean. Mm. There was one more line I liked when our Borg friends were on planet... And I think it's Marika who says, it tastes similar to a bird I once ate. Yeah. And I, I said, ah, oh, tastes like chicken. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's the Borg way of saying that. I thought you were saying that was proof that cats had been assimilated. Ah. <laughs> See, but here's the thing, right? I don't get the impression that Borg... Have a lot of taste buds? No, no, no. That they're, like, their body suits. I don't get the impression that they ever take those off. I think that they just wear them all the time, They right? just yeah. smell horrible. I think they're a part of you. But here's yeah. the thing. Now, most... Borgs don't eat food. They just stand in their alcove no, and get regenerated. Oh, those Borgs so shit they, themselves so, so they, much. So they ate food on the planet no. and then shat themselves. No, no, no. See, thanks to their assimilation, they have a perfect... Like, the nanites just took everything and turned uh, it into something the body could absorb. So there's no waste. Uh, it's like a still suit, you see. I believe yeah. the reason why... They're mad at Seven of Nine because <laughs> she made them walk around with shit in their drawers for years. For you gave years. us poopy pants. <laughs> no, God. Uh, we're a highbrow podcast. Oh, yeah, the highest. So, yeah, I like, you know, the end. They all have their own way of, you know, Armstrong's going to go off and just meet people. Yep. Boy face is like, I am going to go be completely alone, which I fucking get after yes. what he's been through. And Bajoran Lady's like, I'm going to get sort of kind of a taste of home, which I was never expecting. I'm uh, surprised she didn't just say, I'm going to get as much revenge as possible, possible? as possible, because that seems very Bajoran. Yeah, I hear you Voyager ship like like to destroy Borg. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember at that, that scene when, when uh, Marika says, you know, Seven, I understand what you did, but I can't forgive you. Like, rawr. That feels very Bajoran. Meow. And then I thought to myself, this is where the episode should end. And then there was a Naomi scene, scene and I was like, ugh. But then it was a cute Naomi scene. I was like, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fine, I'll allow this ep- this episode to end this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fair. She was, she, I, as much as, you know, little kid Naomi can be irritating, I thought she was used well in this episode. Yeah, she was. Yeah, when, Better than hero worship, for sure. Yeah, yeah. When, when she's written well, the, the actor has the capability, which is good. Yeah. Because... No matter how well a kid is is or isn't written, you know, if the actor isn't able to carry it, there's a problem. No, she's good. Yeah, she she's is. She's good. And yeah. I, I really like her with Seven. Like, yeah. I think I like that better than any other use of her. Like, her and Neelix was too much. Because I already think of Neelix as being almost as bad as a kid. I don't hate him as much as I thought I would. Huh. But how some... did you like her and Flutter? 
Hated. <laughs> so that, that's really that's what happened with the with the Maraca Mar- Marika Marika. Maraca! Marika. Tambourine. Is is she spent the month just having Hasperat forced on her by Neelix, who kept asking her questions because you know their only other Bajoran turned out to not even actually be a Bajoran, and she's dead now. There's another Bajoran. There is. Yeah, in the uh, Nothing Human, when he when we see oh the Doc made himself a Cardassian friend, this Bajoran guy says oh, he's a Cardassian guy who. <laughs> Popped up for just that episode and never You'll again. You'll never see me again! Thanks, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, she seems more pleasant. So Neelix talked to her. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we see Neelix make us some food in the next episode as well. Yeah. There we yes. go. That's. I was trying to figure out the fact that I was going to try to build it around the fact that... Oh, we also go into people's brains a little bit? Oh, good point. I was going to say just the fact that like we have... Mi- Mirak, I've already forgotten again. Mirak, Marika, and Miral. It's like this is very confusing. Yeah. Like, the mirror name week. The mirror universe. Nope. Mm. Ugh, I would have rathered the worst mirror universe episode. Then Barge of the Dead. Yeah. Oh boy, tell us about it. Chris. Oh, must I? Barge of the fucking dead. <laughs> if the last episode had us thinking, man, it's a shame Ron Moore didn't stick around. This episode might have you thinking. It was mostly Fuller. Really? Yeah. Well, well like Brian. The two of, the two of them the did the story, but then uh, Fuller did the teleplay. See, it's and a... I, you could have fooled me, and I would have assumed it was a Minoski. Mm. See, well, for me, a lot of it just felt like um... distant voices. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I got a lot. Well, we'll talk about when we actually talk about. Yes, yes, yes. After the summary, so Balana, Ron Moore. Yeah, I mean, everyone has an off day. Balana is is flying the Delta Flyer, which was a mistake because, as we all know, Tom gave it those stupid controls, so yeah, only he you was, can. He was just in a regular shuttle. No, it, it was. The, it looked like the Delta Flyer. Uh, I think it was. A it okay. I think it was also a regular shuttle. Okay. Well, anyway, it was, small, it was too small to. Oh, that's a good flyer. point. Anyway, she's oh, yeah, flying. It, did, it didn't have the funny window. I see. I thought it did, but oh. I clearly wasn't paying close enough attention. Doesn't matter because it turns out to be a dream. Whoopsie. She's in a shuttle. Uh, has a bit of a bit of a rough landing in the Voyager shuttle bay, and it turns out part of the issue was that a big chunk of metal was in one of her nacelles. And what the fuck? It's got the Klingon logo on it. Ba-da. Whoa! And Jakote is like, "Holy shit, this is nuts!" And Balan is like, "We don't have archaeologists," and also the Borg probably just picked it up and dumped it out in the trash. But then. It spills bad CG coffee every. I mean, blood everywhere. <laughs> Yum. And there's voices. There's coffee in that Klingon replica. Yeah. And she <laughs> freaks out and is like, Harry, my my plate is haunted. It's like when the hey. eggs exploded in Ghostbusters. Mm. Man. Uh, and and uh, Neelix is like, we're going to have a Klingon party. And that was the first sign that something was weird. Because he somehow got into engineering from the back. Interesting. Yeah, if you think about it, the direction he comes from isn't from the front door, yeah, which is, as far I as I can tell, the only this. way in it. Yeah, the front door is behind her, and he can, and it might have been on purpose because there's a lot of little things that are weird during this hmm. before they outright admit. Like they they slowly ramp up stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tuvok seemed normal. <laughs> that's that's where the escalation really takes <laughs> off. Yes, exactly. Because at first you're like, yeah, this makes sense. This makes sense. That wait a minute, now this doesn't. So yes, and they get to the Klingon party. And then a Klingon shows up and starts murdering the fuck out of people. And Balana's like, what in the hell? And it turns Literally. out... Yes, because she's actually been dead the whole time. But she was having a I don't believe I'm dead dream. 
And this guy was there to kill the dream and say, actually, you are on the barge of the dead, which is bringing you to Klingon hell. Good episode. Very. And uh, Let's just watch Futurama instead. Seriously. Did I say this barge should be hauling the dead? I meant this barge should be hauling away as Garbage. Good. <laughs> hey, callback. It works. Uh, so yeah, she's on the the hell barge, and she meets the guy what killed the Klingon gods, Kortar. Yeah, and he's Good like, "You're not supposed to be here yet." He's Sean Connery for reasons. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. And then there's a new Klingon there, and she's like, "Mom!" And then she wakes up in the sick bay, and she has this whole big crisis because she's like, "Oh." Apparently it's a Klingon thing, because I'm not honorable. She's going to Klingon hell, even though she was a good Catholic. I'm taking all of this literally, even though I was just in a coma dream. Yeah. Torres. What? Look, Look, you might say that, but it was real to her, Ames. It it just goes to prove that Catholic guilt is very strong, and it's finally broken through her her veneer of, of... not caring. I've been reading the Klingon Bible, and it says I need to make an ark and yeah. go on this barge. Yeah, so she convinces Janeway to let her get put into a new coma so she can save her mother from Klingon hell. She's fucking crazy. Idiot. And, and the bargeman is like, yeah, nice try, bitch. But then she's like, fine, I won't do a sneaky Pete. You can actually send me to Klingon hell. And the mother's like, no. And the mother goes away, and then she goes to Klingon Hell, but it's Voyager. Oh, it's like, that's the gist of In the world's worst scene, she's like screaming, what do you want from me, while she poorly swings a bat with the people, and (laughs) God, it was bad. And then she's talking to her mother, and is like, oh, we'll see each other in Shovel or maybe when you get home. So maybe mom's not dead, maybe this was all just a coma dream. But a second identical coma dream, because that's how coma dreams work. Yeah, no, see, this felt like... The reason I thought it was maybe a lot of more is like, oh, yeah, this feels like, you know, Moore's interest in sort Klingon of stuff. weird semi-religious Klingon and Klingon stuff. stuff. And like, yeah, the but like not done as well. Yeah. You'll remember back when we watched Soldiers of the Empire in DS9 that that episode was a bitch to write because Moore wanted this idea in that episode. Hmm. And Ira Bear and whoever else had any fucking common sense on that show, which was most of them, said, Ronnie... What the fuck is up with you today? Ronnie, you've already got wormhole alien gods. You can't also have... Klingon gods and all this just, shit. Just stop. It's too fantastical religious-y stuff, and you haven't made Battlestar yet, where that's gonna make sense. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, that, this is, that, the, the, the Battlestar connection makes this very Ronald Morey, even if he wasn't the main driving force in the actual writing, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, sur- I'm almost surprised it's... I-, I mean, I know technically she thinks she maybe almost died, but I feel like she's not enough death for Fuller. <laughs> Fuller loves weird death stuff. See, I That's think what true. I think what this episode should have been... Tell us. Is... Anything else. Well, no, no. So, so Balan <laughs> is in a coma. Mm-hmm. The whole time. Like and... that great Futurama episode with the bee! Ooh, sorry, yeah! Sorry, Jay. I'm sorry. Uh, I got too excited about bees. Bees. Well, yes. But, ba- yeah, sure. Like the, like the Futurama episode with the bees. She's in a coma... And she's on the barge of the dead, and we don't, and like she's slipping away, and forget her mother because that was stupid. Yeah, and, and the very. actress wasn't good. Um, <laughs> I liked Kortar. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> um, but we're doing this whole thing, and then the daughter's like, "Listen, she's slipping away. Like her brain patterns are." This dis- is actual Balana in sickbay. Actual Balana on the table. Down. She hasn't woken up, or she's whatever. She believes she's dead. So, Tom. <gasps> Is like the dog's Tom like. Tom has a role in this. We're gonna do. We're gonna do a. We can. 
we have to convince her. She's having a... She's, she, I can tell from her neural patterns that she's having some kind of dream experience. So it's also a little total recall. <laughs> I'm so sorry! Um, <laughs> some way I'll be able to finish this fucking thought. Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll, I'll be over here being quiet. Um... <laughs> uh, so the daughter's like, you know, so he's like, okay, we can we can do a mind link. Maybe maybe Tuvok comes in and does a a, a, co- a team meld. I don't know. And then Tom appears in Bellana's dream on the barge of the dead and has to play his his lute to get her to es- oh damn to it. escape from from the afterlife. Was all an Orpheus reference? Yes, the whole, thing, the whole thing was an Orpheus reference. That's fine too. I have a question. But that would have been a better episode anyway. Yeah, would have anything would have been better than this episode. Why didn't they try to mind meld the Borgs? Oh, Not to go back episode. to the last episode, but what the fuck, Tuvok? Tu- they haven't been using Tuvok an awful lot. Yeah, and I miss him. Although terribly. I did, I actually the thing one thing I did like this episode was the, the glad meditation pleased. scene where oh. he loses his shit. Yeah. and and slices her face open with a fat leg. But of course that wasn't. Real. No, it wasn't real, but it yeah, was good. It, it and Tim Russ did good. It reminds you that Tim Russ has range, and yeah. he is excellent. He did actually play a Klingon once, right? Before he was too Yes. Yes. In... I want to say in the one with Dax getting that, getting her worm taken out. Yeah, I think he was one of the mercenaries. I think that that's was what I right. thought. Yes. Gross. That, yeah. I think that's right. Comment below if I'm wrong. Yeah. But yeah, he was definitely a Klingon at some point before be Voyager. Yeah, I could have I could have done this episode without the mom character, and I really like the things that pissed me off most about this episode was this, like I said, I was not a fan of the actor playing the mother. Dang, I just didn't. I just she didn't seem very Klingon to me. Like that's a good. She was also in a Starfleet uniform for for the last chunk of well, it. Well, that's because she was supposed to look like like Janeway. 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 Oh, that's silly. Yeah, it is. See, that's what the thing. Like this became one of those dream episodes, which. I've told you before, and I'll tell you again in a couple of weeks when we do our dream episode, Blogtivity, I fucking hate. Well, here's the thing. If it had been... If we'd gone with my the, the Eurydice idea... Yeah, which they should have just done anyway. Because the other thing that I hate about this episode is that Janeway allowed her to go back into the coma. Bad Janeway. Yeah, which would be bad. No which fucking reason. she would reason. never do. Neither would Doc. Nobody would do that. It's a fucking terrible idea. It's like, listen, you want to fucking this is harm yourself? This is real. Do it on your own fucking time. You're I'm doing not responsible this, for this. You're, you're making this leap of faith thing, literally, mm. god damn it, over Klingon beliefs that no one else in this ship believes in. Neither did you until yeah. five minutes ago. And now suddenly... There's no science fiction in any of this. Nope. It's just real. This We're just treating it like this Klingon belief thing of this barge of the dead is literal and real. And son of a bitch. You know what would have been a, would have been a much better vehicle for exploring this, this thing? Orpheus. A fucking vision quest. Why Maybe. Would, like, like the one time in an episode <laughs> where a vision quest might make sense. There was another good vision quest. They don't fucking do it. I, I, at one point, I was thinking, like, was it that they wanted to do a Vision Quest episode and finally realized they were uncomfortable? So we're like, let's just use fake religion. Well, even more fake religion yeah. than our made-up Native American. Religion. Yeah, if you have a near-death experience, you'll see the barge of the. De- what about all the other times Bolana had near death experience? Well, allegedly she'd been there before, so that's true. Oh, interesting. True. The, boatman, the boatman said that. Yeah, you almost point. drowned as a little girl, which was a fine little story, but. But yeah, I think it would have just made way more sense if we went through the whole episode, or not the whole episode, but, you know, basically where we found out 
that it was fake and we fi- and, and like we finally woke her up. Mm. But if instead of woke, waking her up, it's just cut to we're in sick bay and she's in a coma and that's the first scene in the real Voyager. And then she yeah. doesn't wake up until the end mm-hmm. when she gets to... Maybe she does that thing with the, what were they called, the cost carry, those uh, siren things in the water mm. that when people mm. jumped into, they were eaten by sharks. Mm. Very cute sharks. Very <laughs> I mean, I did like that, you know, in the end, it was the mother being like, no, no, it's not your time. Go back to your, go back to your people. Mm-hmm. You'll see me later. Make sure you remain a true Klingon. Don't stray from our stupid religion. You're not fucking a human, are you? Yeah. And like, and they also, I, they kind of removed some of the ambiguity about whether this was actually supernatural or just a, a vision when they had the mother say, you'll see me when you get to Stovacor or when you get home. Right? Because the when you get home implies that, no, no, she's not... We don't know if she's dead or not. She's just, she's at home, possibly. Yeah, this all is just in Bolana's head. Yeah. Ugh. By the way, it yeah. wouldn't be a loot. Tom would definitely be playing a 50s Fender electric <gasps> oh, yes. guitar. Okay, I would watch that. <laughs> and you know what's, what the biggest shame with this episode is? We don't get a ton of Torres episodes, and a lot of them have been kind of eh, like over Extreme Measures last uh, oh, season, yeah, yeah. which was, it was. An interesting idea, and Roxanne Dawson executes so well. Yeah, and yet they give her like not very little to work with every season, and it's it it just rubs me the wrong Cause way. Because they, they even in early days they would give her episodes, and they were much better from what I recall. I did like her little Klingon outfit in this. I thought sure. she looked adorable. Most people can pull that off. It's a it's a very versatile outfit that works with a lot of actors. Mm. Okay, no, I got it. I figured, Jake out, figured, I figured it out. out the Eurydice thing. I figured okay. out how we can make it work. What outfit is she in, though? I don't know. Damn it. <laughs> but here's the Eurydice thing. So, it's, so Tom wants to save her, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have any Morticons. Uh, MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Sure. Basically, death particles mm. that you need to have. In, like The reason why she's having this particular type of coma is because she's she has come close to death, so her her brain has a has a buildup of death particles. Is this for sure. Coda? No, this is oh. this, no, no. This is just bullshit. Oh, good, good, uh, fair. So, so he's got a he's got a buildup of uh, what's a good what would be a good term for? I that? liked Morticons, frankly. Morticons. <laughs> uh, Although it does kind of sound like something from Transformers, but go on. So he's got Morticons on the brain. He doesn't have any Morticons, so he can't be linked with Belana. But uh oh, Harry Kim, yep. having died before, <laughs> has Morticons in his brain. And he plays the clarinet. Ah, <laughs> I love it. Gotta send and, Harry on his Kim behalf. And Kim is the best friend. So we have to bring Harry to the brink of death. <laughs> Good. And then, Again. And then link their brains. He really is the O'Brien of Voyager. Also, when he's in the vision, he can actually weaponize the clarinet. So That's like, right. Monsters <laughs> come up to him and he just goes, C-sharp, bitch! And they explode. <laughs> I love our episode. This is amazing. This is yep. good. This is much better than this episode. The uh, the gates of Klingon hell had a uh, Klingon symbol upside down. It did. I oh, that, it was very goofy. <laughs> oh. I did appreciate though in in her dream at the banquet, the mugs actually had the uh, the Klingon symbols with like full color, which I think we only ever saw in TAS. I heard TAS had more color in their symbols. That's yeah. funny. Whereas usually they're either 
usually red, sometimes black, usually monochrome though. But on rare occasion, you get one where like each of the spikes is a color, and hmm. yeah, they, they were on the steins everyone was holding. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I think there was some good stuff in this episode. I thought none of it was Star Trek. <laughs> I, I mean, thought if, I you, if they had done this in some other show, I'd be like, fine, embrace the weird Klingon shit. I mean, here's the thing, though. If it had been, imagine instead of a Balana episode, if it had been a major Kira episode and it was an orb-based Yeah, because those we understand. I'd even buy it more if it was a Worf episode, because he's mm-hmm. much more the Catholic Klingon, like we've said. Sure. Well, it was written originally to be a Worf right. episode. He so, would have gone and, and found Moog. Yeah, so that, that would have been a little more... Yeah. It would have come less out of left field, I mm. think. Yeah, because also, Balana and her mother, not close. No. I feel like Taurus would be like, my mom's going to hell. Fuck her. Because of me. Even better. <laughs> Take that. Mom. I'm, I'm the one who di- who sent you here. I Tell Cersei I want her to know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah. Kira, Worf, fucking Data having a malfunction. Yeah, like yeah. anybody who was religious and in contact with their culture... But Bellana is like the last person that should have had this experience. So. Yeah, it just, and I'm, I'll tell you right now: if we see Bellana like embracing Klingon culture in the future, I'll eat a hat. Mm, yeah, eat I won't, my targ. I won't tell you which hat. It might be a cookie shaped like a hat. That works. <laughs> Fuck, I had another Klingon-related thought though because of that, <laughs> but it has failed me. God, fucking. They don't wear a lot of hats. There was a line where she said, oh, "The only the only thing I inherited from from my mother was my." bad attitude in and, my forehead and I wanted someone to go four <laughs> Yikes. really mm. we do have a, a chit chat with Chakotay and mm. Torres asks him uh, a chit Chakotay chit chat Cote. there it is chat uh, Cote. and Torres asks him do you believe in an afterlife and Chakotay somehow doesn't say well I have talked to my ghost dad recently yeah no that was ghost granddad, granddad. There was a dad one. It was in Initiations. But it wasn't recent. Eh, yeah. Like, less recently. <laughs> Look at you arguing about what yeah. recent is. But it yeah, seemed yeah, like yeah. Chakotay was distinctly absent from the real IRL Voyager scenes. Oh, yeah, because that was still in the coma, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Jesus. Oh, you're right. Like, again, like, A, being, like, one of Bellana's closest and oldest friends... And also and, having some potential yeah, insight yeah, into Yeah, and this. being, you know, a religious person himself who has, you know, talks to, to dead relatives all the time, you would think that he would have been, been consulted on this conundrum. Or you know who else you could have fucking talked to? Neelix. Yeah. Who, as far as he knows, has been to his people's afterlife. Yeah, no shit. Hmm. Does that I, count, though? Because didn't he just find there was nothing there? Wouldn't bringing him into this actually kind of be worse? Yeah. Oh, like, you're bringing in his face that his shit's fake, but the Klingons got yeah. it right. There is no afterlife! <laughs> Your mother is oh, gone and rotting bones. So crushing. It really is. Yeah, I'll say uh, Neelix was interesting in this episode because he he likes to like learn about other people's cultures so that he can talk with them about things. And even though it can get annoying, especially when he's trying to learn Vulcan stuff and mm. Tuvok is like, fucking no. Mr. Vulcan. It becomes very sweet because he wants to like learn more about you and then yeah. he'll like go go the extra mile to make the gach move but that wasn't real that, that was well it's, it's but it's something you would do that like if if neelix was gonna celebrate her klingon culture that's what he would do yeah he would totally go over the top 
I like fake Doc trying to learn a Klingon opera. Well, drinking song. Because, again, that's what he would do. Oh, yeah. And that's what a song we heard before. Yeah. Was it that somewhere? Was a, I think that... Was that from um, Soldiers of the Empire? Oh, it might have been. I know we heard it before, and I didn't know. It would be appropriate. Yeah. Yep, another Von Moore special. <laughs> but also you said what this was excised from, right? Yes. So, yeah. Thank you, Ira Bear. <clears throat> your blue beard. Goddamn blue beard. But yeah, no, I was saying before when I was doing the introduction, when the, the, the way it's shot, maybe they didn't do this on purpose, but Bellana and Harry are positioned such that you can see the entrance to engineering behind them, and Neelix comes in from the other direction. Oh, we're talking about this again. And as far as I know, there's only one way into engineering... So he oh, just maybe. sort of appears. Maybe he was already in engineering doing other stuff. I, I, I like to maintain and give him too much credit and say that it was maybe purposely he done. Crawled. It, it's like how the uh, geometry, not geometry, it's kind of like how the Overlook Hotel doesn't make sense. Hmm. But that was very much on purpose. That like rooms are where they can't possibly be and vice versa. Yeah, well, it was because. Um... Kubrick was trying to tell us about how he faked the moon landing. Yes. Yes. Well, here is Torres's not at all wrong feelings about the Batleth. It's a clumsy weapon. Yep. Overstated, like everything else Klingon. <laughs> Wait till you see a Discovery Batleth, Balana. <laughs> yeah. She's not wrong, though. No. Like, it does not act... Like, I would love to... I'm sure there was probably somewhere on video, YouTube, like, you know, actual hand-to-hand combat people react to the bat left, you know, and just like, that's thing is terrible. It makes no sense. I don't know. Once Tim Ross got it going in, like, nice arcs, it looked pretty smooth. It's fine for showing off. Yeah. As a practical weapon of combat. Yeah, like, it feels like something you have at, like, yeah. Ren Fair. Yeah, a Ren Fair, or, like, again, it's something you have in, like, a martial arts demonstration, but wouldn't use in a real fight. Here's the thing. It's not just, like, yeah, because it's got because it, if you're using it two-handed, which it seems most people usually do, unless yeah. you're going for like a big swing, in which case just use a fucking sword. But if you're using it the <laughs> two-handed way, your rain your reach is fairly limited. Yep, and your fucking hands are exposed. Very so. Like if you don't meet your oppo- your opponent, you know, blade to blade, which also is going to fucking dull the blades mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to get your fucking hand sliced off. Yeah. It's, like, incredibly unsafe. There's no guard over where your hand is. I suppose, though... I mean, yeah, the, the lack of guard makes no sense. Although you can say they do wear those big gloves, so maybe that's the protection. But I couldn't see the Klingons being like, I want a weapon that forces me to get in close. Yeah. Well, they just use a fucking dagger. Yeah, and they have very nice daggers. And they got that with the MacLeth is the little, like, half one that yeah. is more efficient. And they got the Christopher Lloyd daggers with a little... Pop-out things. Mm-hmm. Nothing else? Okay, here's my segue into our blog activity then. Holy Ooh. crap. So, we meet Kortar. I love mm. Kortar. He's fun. We learn about Kortar, that he destroyed the Klingon gods and was condemned to ferry people to Greythor. By whom, if there's no gods left, sh- shut up. That, no. that also seemed a little weird, because like when Worf mentioned it, it sounded like the Klingons themselves thought that was just fine. We, yeah. we slaughtered our gods because we found them... Oh, what's the line? Not too inconvenient, but I don't remember the line. Troublesome. But here's the thing, bother. though. They just need, he like it's like okay, you killed the gods, you killed the guy that drives the boat. Now who's gonna drive the fucking boat? <sighs> no one's gonna be able to get to hell now, and they'll just have corpses piling up on the shores of the river of death. Yeah. So, uh, so what does 
anyone need with a god anyway, right? Exactly. What, and what does god need with a starship? Or a barge of the dead. Well, we're going to tell you, because our blogtivity this week uh, is on all the omnipotent beings in Star Trek. Wow. Of which there are a ton, some more powerful than others. Kevin Uxbridge. Kevin Uxbridge is Jake's quick. <laughs> he is the best. Well, he's the most powerful. I, I'd say it's a toss-up between him and the Q. I, yeah. Every single list I've seen, Q is just automatically number one. And Kevin Uxbridge, when they remember he exists, because not all of them do, is often second. But here's the thing. Q, A, can die. Apparently. Start Picard per, decided. Yeah, Picard season two. Also, Spoilers! Well, no, weren't they... Weren't they... Were they not killing Q in that Civil War episode? Yeah, I guess yeah, they were. Yeah, that's true. They were trying... Oh, yeah, they can also... Well, yeah, they can They can die, kill each other, certainly. And they can kill themselves, if they're allowed. Well, well they're allowed so to the yeah, turn. So listen, take back your... Take back your, you know, derisive or that's whatever... The dismissive... But a, a, oh, no, I'm not going to take that back, because that's just A garbage. god being able to kill another god is a pretty common thing in any kind of fiction and mythology, though. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure... No, no remind me, because it's been a while since I've watched the Survivors with uh, Kevin Uxbridge. Didn't many of his people get killed, or was he the only... I think his race is called the Duoud? Duoud? I don't do what I just know if they told us. I think smell. he just it's he, online all over the place. No, 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 I don't know if they told us what An happened. To, whatever, what happened oh. to his race? Yeah, it was just that the planet he lived on, all the people well, there. His wife were, was dead, but she was, she was, but human. She was human. Oh, yeah, everybody, was, everybody else was human. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they just wiped out all the humans on that. He planet. was masquerading as human. Yeah, weird flex guy. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't really. He is the only representative of their species, as far as I know, we ever meet. And all we know about their abilities are limited to what he has done. Once. Which so, is fucking amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be, like, the tiniest little fucking modicum of their power. Yeah. You know, so I assume they are crazy powerful. I just think that he, like, the fact that he basically could blink and command an entire species. species not just kill them all, but wipe them out of all existence. See, the thing is, though, he has a fatal flaw in that he's, like, the only omnipotent being in this entire fucking list who can experience shame. Mm. But that might be a good thing for an but omnipotent being. It's a damn good, good thing for but the it, universe. It makes you less powerful because it means you don't want to kill other beings. <laughs> and you feel bad about it and, you know, sequester yourself on a, mm. on a planet forever afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, no, Kevin Axbridge and the Q. Like, when you brought this up, my first thought was... Kevin Axbridge in the queue. Yep. Yeah. Like, who else is there that's really anywhere near that powerful? One I saw, which, you know, maybe. The Guardian of Forever. Hmm. It, it, it's unclear how much it can, act, like, obviously it can throw people anywhere and any when. Yeah. And but how much, time. how much it can actually do without an agent is. It can't. Because they specifically say, like, hey, could you slow down the passage of time so we could figure out how to jump in? And it's like, nope, I do what I do. Good luck. Mm-hmm. So I don't think... Well, do you the, know I don't think the Guardian counts. I think mean, the Guardian is, like, a plaything of the gods, maybe, but I don't think it's a god itself. Mm. Well, that's hard because we're just going to have to tag this, like, this whole section. Just spoilers for all of New Trek. <laughs> because apparently it can anthropomorphize itself, as we discover in... Discovery. Well, I didn't had, do that on purpose. It must have had a firmware update then, because it didn't mm. used to be able to do shit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's it does seem to 
again, it seems more to be a doorway than something yeah. that can act itself. It relies on you to go figure it out for yourself. It doesn't seem to do anything itself. Yeah. It's also spoilers for, for Inzadi. When Caitlin finally reads Inzadi, we, we see the Guardian there, too, and he's mm. a lot of fun. Yeah, so powerful, but still doesn't hold a candle to yeah. Uxbridge. And I'm just going to call it the Uxbridge because I don't know how to pronounce their name either. And the Q. What about what about my boy Gothos? Yeah, we love well, him. So here's the thing: I was thinking about him. Or his parents. His parents his are more par- powerful. Yeah, exactly. He he he's he's all powerful except he still has to answer to his mom. He, he still has has to go sit in the corner for a little while. And he still needs like some sort of power generator. Yeah, he's got they, a machine. But it's unclear if they need one. Well, I also was wondering if maybe the machine was just part of like the the subterfuge there that mm. like because Kirk destroyed the mirror. Yeah. And, but he still had powers. True, true. So it's almost like he set that up so that Kirk would think he needed the mirror. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that was a strange part of that episode. Yeah. yeah. It seemed to undo itself and then not explain why. Yeah. So, like, who cares? Because you've got Trelane being And adorable. it turns out he's a child. Yeah. So whatever his species is, seems like, again, we don't see much. We don't know exactly how much equipment they may or may not need so i'd say they're up there certainly yeah and it's super hard to tell because we know he's a child and yeah he does, like i'm sure his parents when they make themselves planets to go vacation on and play with they probably have the fire be hot they probably have the food have taste which was something trelane couldn't do that's right i forgot about that part yeah of it. even though like in physics Fire is hot, and you should know this. Like, if mm. you make fire, it will be hot. Well, unless, well, it, unless it's not fire. unless It's, it's just a projection. It's like a projection. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't know. When he can't, or he's just not good enough yet to yeah. give it heat. Yeah, he know, he's, he's never encountered actual fire, but he knows what it looks like. And he's yeah. never eaten yeah. actual food, but he knows what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. He can tell the consistency of water kind of thing. Yeah. He can yeah. tell, oh, that's a liquid. I, can, yeah, I like, can make something that looks like that. But yeah, so I think, again, without without dipping into beta canon, we just don't know. Because I know, like, he shows up in a novel, and he's, like, a match for a Q. Well, yeah, he's Q's godson, I think, which is very silly. Oh, oh he's Jesus. a big boy. Yeah, I I, I, I would perf- read that. What book is that? I don't know. It sounds very funny. I'll look into it. I, I would totally, I uh, as a side note, if they weren't godson and godfather, I would ship the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> when when Trelane grows up. Yeah, yeah, not when he's a child, as an adult, obviously. Um, Q had an affair with Trelane's mom. No, <laughs> um... Oh. Amanda, what's her, Amanda Rogers? Yeah, she's a Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she but she is more powerful than John Delancey Q. Explain. Well, because she threw him across the room with her mind. He wasn't ready for it. I don't know. I don't he think. Didn't I think, hurt him. Well, because she's she's got the power because she's the child of two other Qs. Mm-hmm. So she's got the combined power of she's got Q. She's Q squared. Well, that's another Voyager episode. I know. We have to watch it. <laughs> Because she is the child. We're getting another of a... another Voyager Q episode. Yay! It ain't great. Oh, we're doing swiping with White Cat. Oh, he's brand. He's purring. <laughs> he's a little <laughs> asshole. <laughs> You're not an asshole. You're um, a good boy. I, one I just saw on the list that made no sense to me. Well, no, because the list wasn't powerful. It was just it wasn't a ranking. One that didn't occur to me, I guess to say, and one that I feel like in my personal rankings would not be very high up as as power level was uh, Armus. Yeah, that was a strange inclusion. Like, I, he's got some crazy powers, but I wouldn't think of him as godlike. He can, he can make an oil slick move with his mind. Yeah, that was unexpected. I thought he just was the oil slick. Nah. Oh, that's, that's also a possibility. I thought, he, I thought he was just made out of that material. What's Armus? Is that the thing that ate Tasha Yar? Yeah. yeah. We also don't, don't really get 
and or I don't remember because Skin of Evil was terrible. Yeah. Um, oh, it what Armus's powers were, I don't remember. Yeah, neither do I. I like I saw it on the list and thought that's just wrong. Yeah. I don't think he's he's should be on this list at all. I don't think he's godlike or anything. Okay, well, I saw on on the list of omnipotent and and that kind of being Viger, which yeah, is that's just a machine. Too. It's just a very powerful machine. Yeah, like what's it's a, not... what's a, what's a, what's Q then? He's a machine. No, he's not. Not like this. You not mean like, like? But the thing is, the thing is like, yeah, Viger Voyager Six, the probe was a machine, but then it became self-aware, and did it stop being a machine at that point? Like, did it become a life form? And how fucking powerful is that life form? Mm. I would say that it's definitely like, like let's say it's a life form. Definitely, at least at the very end, when it merges with Deckard, it's alive. We'll just say that for the sake of argument. It is. We don't know. Like I uh, like. It's definitely when it is Viger, not omnipotent. It's just a very powerful ship. Yeah, it's super and as you can go powerful. back and go back and see our powerful ship blog post. It's mm. it's on there now. Very high up. <laughs> if it retains that knowledge and those level of abilities once it's whatever it becomes, then yeah, yeah, it's pretty high up there. Yeah. But yeah, we don't really know what exactly becomes of it once it merges with Deckard. But I'd say until it merges with Deckard, it it's just a back. ship. It should come back in lower decks. No, please don't. <laughs> it does make an Ilea probe. That's pretty powerful. Mm. No, it's got a lot of, it's definitely powerful. Yeah, yeah, but it's, um, it's I think it's, you know... Oh, actually, okay, I've got the most powerful ones. These guys might rival the Q. Michael Burnham. Ugh. The tears of God. You are so quick on that, Jake. The strongest yeah. plot armor in Star Trek history. The Megans from the Magics of Magus 2, because magic is just real. <laughs> and Lucian, that fucker. God, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Uh, no, the most powerful beings in Star Trek are the Bem people. Yeah. Because they must give off some kind of weird psychic wave to keep everyone from just murdering them. Uh, We were watching recently um, Labyrinth, the film Labyrinth. Oh, never seen it. Uh, Well, there's these these puppets in it, in one of the scenes. Oh, that's right. That are incredibly obnoxious, and they do a song and dance, and like their thing that they do is they like take their heads off and their body parts. Yeah, I forgot about that. It looks terrible because it's like '80s, like green screen technology, and doesn't look great. But all we like, we both are like, "Oh, there's Bem." <laughs> I like the Bem people. Didn't think of that. It's been years since I've seen it, but yeah, that's a good comparison. Oh, actually, speaking of Bem, there is a god entity in Bem. Yes, there is that creature that you know. Oh, don't don't harm my children, <laughs> the lizard monster. That god that totally isn't Nichelle Nichols. <laughs> What about That's the, what she's up to now. What about the thing from Justice? Oh, the Edo guy. Yeah. That dick. Isn't that a computer, though? No, yeah. it's just a... I think, isn't the Edo god a being who just decided that this is their planet and they're going to watch over them? Or, oh. or was that the Bem god? That might be the Bem god, because okay. the Edo god looks like a spaceship. Okay. But it's kind of semi-transparent, so I don't know. Oh. Because they reuse the Edo god... the. The prop that they used for the Edo God, they reused in Conundrum mm. as the space station they, space station they had to blow up. So it, so yeah. Mm. So, but I don't know. 
Well, regardless, it is a god entity, and the Edo people worship it and all this shit. It prevents them from not killing Wesley until it decides you cannot kill Wesley. Rude. So do we count things that are not, like, supernatural? Well, I guess none of these things are supernatural, right? Technically, they're just... Yeah, this is sci-fi. Yeah, There's always like a reason. Super powerful well, life like, forms. Yeah, but like, what if it's something that is not a super powerful life form, but has superpowers by virtue of having technology? Mm, technology like, isn't a power. Tell that to Batman. You're talking about Ardra? I was talking about Ardra. No, Ardra yeah, no, does not. She's just a con artist. <laughs> what about, um... What about... I have three thoughts. Oh, that's good. The Borg Queen. Technically not maybe a god, but she does seem to keep going and going and going. That's because she has backups. Because yeah, unlike should... Starfleet, the Borg know how computers work. Intimately. <laughs> they fucked a computer. That was a data. Yes, that's what she was... Love that scene. Uh-huh. Shit. The Borg. That was my first question. What was my second one? I lost my brain. Let me see if I can get my brain back. Much like Spock. Anybody else has some <laughs> brain and brain. You know who I think is powerful, but ultimately super weak sauce at the end of the day? Weak sauce, but it's this fucking 2010 on the internet. Yum. Um, is not actually that impressive at the end of the day, is the god of Shakari. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was Like, funny. clearly, it could make, it has enough power to make contact with Cybok somehow. But, like, beyond that, he can't get off the planet on his own. And, like, he just seems like kind of a little. I mean, he's fucking blown up by Spock and uh, Bird of Prey's phasers. Yeah, like, he reminds me an awful lot of Ardra in that he's mm-hmm. not really a god. He is a con artist, but we also don't know what his powers But he does have some powers. powers. Like, yeah. Here's the thing. It is the power that Cybok uses to get everyone under his spell and, and like... You know the taking taking their pain. Taking their pain is that something that oh, the cat's standing on the keyboard? Oh, yeah, you might want to remove him. <laughs> well, see, I always sort of thought more that was just because he's a Vulcan. You think you think he was just a, using like Vulcan powers? Build? Maybe. Yeah, that's, yeah he that's was just, just, that was a question. I, like, I wasn't sure. Like, is that something that he got from the god of Shakari, or is that just like it could be? I mean, Vulcanness. They were clearly in some sort of psychic contact. Yeah. So maybe he amped up his natural Vulcanness. Mm. Maybe that's part of the reason like, he used a like Vulcan, a, like a Wi-Fi booster in yeah. your house. Yeah, it gave him another dice to roll at the, uh, for his yeah. roll. Yeah, yeah, but that's, maybe that's why he used him part, in part was because because you know he needed someone with existing psychic abilities to kind of amp up. Or again, maybe that was something he was just already doing. You know, mm. we don't really know. What about the Cytherians? Oh yeah, the Cytherians are on my list. They're the ones that, that made Barkley temporarily a genius. Oh, I didn't know their name, but I was thinking about them. Yeah, yeah. those guys. Yeah, they, they seem... They're just giant floating heads. Yeah, yeah. They, seem, they seem so powerful that they don't even bother do, doing shit with it anymore. Mm. Like, ugh, we, we want to explore, but we don't want to go anywhere. They're like gamer nerds. Come to us, and, and you can watch me play video games. They, they, they door-dashed exploration. <laughs> That's good. That's real good. Which honestly, I'm Leave all a tip on the app. <laughs> yeah, like I kind of that uh, you know what? I can totally relate. If I was that powerful, I'd like to see things, but I don't want to put on pants. To me, the universe. So you already do that <laughs> without the power. <laughs> yeah. I remembered one of the other things I was thinking of, which is the uh actually I remember them both. Oh yay. The the woman from the Muse 
or whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, yeah. Because I don't really, I mean, I don't know if she's like a god, because she does have to like sustain herself on energy and stuff, but she seems to have some kind of... She's like a succubus. Yeah, but that's a Would that be like a demigod of some kind? That's an interesting one. I didn't think of her. Yeah, neither did I. Who about... Because she does give the powers and she takes away the... Brain. You know, she gives Jake writing powers. Yes, that's why he's such a good writer. Then he, but then he, but then he sobers up and goes back to reading, and it's all, it's all nonsense. <laughs> all work and no play makes Jake a dull boy. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's that's just that's probably something a lot of writers have experienced. You know, either they're they're high or they're drunk or they're sleep deprived, and they think they've had this genius thing. They write it all in. They wake up the next day, and they're either as well rested or sober or both, and they're just like the. Fuck is this trash? Or they're Stephen King and they wind up with Cujo. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Now I guess we don't really know the extent of their power, but we know that they're quite powerful. This could be anybody. The xenophobic aliens from Clues. Oh, interesting. Mm. Oh yeah, that. Mm, yeah. Because we know that they can they can possess people, or at least Troy. They can possess, and they can, and they can also they also have the power to just fucking wipe out the Enterprise with their energy weapons. And wipe their memories for this thing. And do the memory wipe. But but if we're counting that as all-powerful, then we have to include Pulaski as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good job. It's also, I guess, maybe a little unclear if these are inerit, inherent abilities or if they're just super high-tech. You know, yeah. Was, she's, she's apparently... So I've looked up the Muse woman, and her name is Onaya. She's an energy being. Classic. Outrageous Onaya. <laughs> and she's like been alive for millennia too mm-hmm. so yeah she may be godlike mm. that's, a, that's a good thought Kate. I, mean, just... I didn't even see her referenced online anywhere so mm-hmm. she'll make the list yeah. yay what was your third one my third one was jack the ripper oh, yeah. what's oh, his one. deal because he'd be jumping from people you know different people yeah. and killing prostitutes i don't know oh that's interesting now this guy human so not an omnipotent by nature but flint omnipotent oh, by yeah. nature because because he's i mean he just seems to have a he has technology because he's got thousands of years of experience but he also does some magic shit like he's shrinking the enterprise yeah down. he's somehow immortal he's a well that sounds like it was like an accident of nature yeah yeah like he got something but then like he's able to freeze everybody in the enterprise and shrink the enterprise down and transport it into his room he's actually part q and doesn't know it right his that's, mother was a human his father was a q that's actually an interesting theory that's a good theory. do what you if, just be plowing all over the place yep i yeah. mean if if they're anything like the greek gods yeah what well, if flinch is just a q and oh, didn't know q. it or, Spe- yeah. speaking of the greek gods we got our boy apollo that's true mm, yeah who's, literal god who is just, I mean, he's an all power, he's an omniscient alien or mm-hmm. an omnipotent alien, but mm-hmm. he definitely has powers. Yeah. yeah. What are the Plato stepchildren people? Uh, were they? I think they're only telekinetic. Te- they're just su- su- Yeah, they're p- super powerful psychics. With long lives. Yeah. I don't so... know if they have any other powers. Yeah, so they're they're more like they'd be on the lower end of like the god spectrum, but the higher end of the humanoid spectrum. Mm. Which I'll is why, him, like... I'll put them on the list. Because the list also mentioned post... Nasal drip? Galaxy. <laughs> post Galaxy's Border, Gary... Um, oh, Gary and Dana. Yeah. 
Gary Mitchell. Mitchell, thank you, Jesus. I almost called him Gary Seven. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, Dana and them. But that's, again, that's kind of like you just sort of amped up psyche. It's, it's, I don't know if they've actually become godlike. Yeah, well, just... then at that point, then we're also going to think about like the Telosians. I yeah. was thinking about the Telosians. You're always thinking about the Telosians. I frequently am thinking about the Telosians. <laughs> you just, you just want to like use their heads as drums, like that time Homer quit the power plant. <laughs> I don't get that reference. I mean, I understand that it's uh, Simpsons, but that's the. I think that's the one with. I think that's in Maggie Makes Three. Well, I thought you were talking about the Iliad. So, <sighs> Jesus. Christ. Fair, fair. <laughs> when when Homer quit the power plant to write to write <laughs> epic poems. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh no! <laughs> Something has gone wrong. But I think the Tolo- yeah the Telosians are up there. This was from a string of TOS episodes of Omnipotent. Yeah, so they love Where there those. was one every other fucking yeah. week. The 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 I've forgotten all the names now. The, the Metrons. Oh, the Metrons. Yeah, they're the another Thasians, one. The Organians. Yeah, the Organians. They're another big shot. Yeah, I put them pretty high, but they're also they're another kind of reluctant superpowered race mm. in which they're like, yeah, we got superpowers, but we don't really give a shit. Well, so here's the thing, right? I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but uh, there's this idea that I don't think I've originated. I think if I think other people have said this before too, that if you notice, the species that we encounter in Star Trek by and large are all about at the same level of technology. Klingons, yeah. Romulans. Klingons, Romulans. So it, 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 but we know that there's all these ancient races too that like they're gone now. Like oh, the potato people. The potato people and the Iconians. Uh, the slaver race. And the slaver mm-hmm. race and like there's all these there's all these other species that were here before. Yeah. So we know that like the universe or the galaxy has been populated for many, 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 many millennia. Mm. But yet somehow all of the species that are currently active in space travel are all at like exactly the same level. And they all seem to be about the same age, give or take a few millennia. Yeah. So is sure. it because the omnipotent beings have just stopped exploring them? Well, so my theory is that, and again, I don't want to take full credit because I feel like I read this somewhere. Or like, I don't feel like this is my original thought. But the idea would be that... Not much farther beyond where, like, humanity is in Star Trek is, like, a a transcendence. Where, like, once you've reached that level of, like, you're you're basically the next step in your technology tree. Like, if we're going to do, like, a video game analogy. Like, the next power in your technology tree is become, like, a a non-corporeal, ethereal creature. Like the Metron or the Organians. And so that, interestingly enough, spoilers, is... Not, not on our podcast. Well, th- for a comic book that's currently running, they're apparently doing a story right now in the IDW comics where there's some sort of god war happening. Is this under Starfleet? Star Trek banner? or Yeah. Okay. Yep. And apparently it opened with a... I, I haven't read it myself. I read about it. A somehow not dead Gary Mitchell... Ooh. Talking to some unseen godlike figure. Is it Daner? I, I don't know. They haven't, it's gotta be they haven't revealed who it is I, yet. I kind of want to read this now. This sounds interesting. Who basically does say that, as what you just said, mm-hmm. is that essentially the next step is the ascension of right. the species. All of this just reminds me of Transfigurations now and our John Doe friend who transcends yeah. into, into mm. a bodysuit. <laughs> yeah. Well, like. This, this, that idea, that's basically an idea that I stole 
from Stargate as well, because mm. that's kind of like in in Stargate, it's basically that that like once you reach a certain level, you unlock the ability to to transition to like a a, a non corporeal thing. Yeah, and, and then, then you also don't need to travel really. You well, can just right. probably go wherever you, can just you appear want. Wherever you like need. Q does. So right. So I'm wondering if like species like the Q, the Organians, uh, Metron. the Metron. The caretaker? The caretaker, well, again, like, who knows, right? right? But, like, all these, like, omnipotent creatures that we see, maybe they're just, like, representatives of the old races yeah, that, that, have, have... that have evolved beyond having spaceships. Yeah, and some of them, you know, for all we know, in some cases it was evolution, in other cases maybe it's just, was it Clark? Who basically said sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic? Yeah. Uh, It sort of seems like bullshit that these guys get to evolve into these higher life forms, snap your fingers, and you're wherever you want to go, and people wind up as goddamn salamanders. Yes. (laughs) Well, that's only because of... But see, what it is is salamanders and then magic space salamanders. Mm. Yay! Oh, that reminds me. The weird extragalactic... Monsters from the TOS Halloween episode, for oh, lack of a better term. Oh, the cat's project. They had seemingly oh, they crazy did. powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, they were I like li- them. They were like little puppets in the They end. were. Yeah, weird little squiggly boys. Um, Sylvia and Korob, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, yeah, that that's a fair... Like, Star Trek has said uh, in beta canon more than once, actually. There's also an old short story about that that basically does say outright that, yeah, eventually you just evolve and become crazy energy shits and... Yeah. Or someone gives you powers like in Charlie X. Mm. Woo! My boy, my boy Charlie, love him. <laughs> uh, anyone else you wanted to list? I have a bunch of. I think you've hit most of like the big ones at this point. Yeah, but just based on our discussion, as far as saying like who's the most powerful, it's either the Q or the Oxbridges. What about evil space robot Cthulhu? That, that's a. It's just a robot. But it's a. But again, like, why can't a why can a, a biological thing be omnipotent, but not a robot thing? Yeah, Deus Ex Machina. What now, bitch? I didn't yeah. get a sense that it was necessarily. That's probably we just haven't seen enough of it yet to know how mm. powerful it actually is. Machina, and we never will. Machina. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully, Machina X Deus. It's interesting yeah. too, because to your point, Mass Effect offers a much more sinister explanation for that Star Trek trope of everyone seems to be at the same technological level. Oh, right, yeah, because when you get too advanced, robots wipe you out. <laughs> yeah, basically they're just like, oh, oh, guys, the galaxy's hit that level again. Clean her up. Deal with it. Last one's on my list. Oh, we haven't talked about the Traveler yet. Oh, yeah, the Traveler. Mm. Traveler who's able to, like, manipulate thought and matter and space and time. Yeah, and if we saw more of them, I feel else. like there's a good chance that, like, maybe if you had a sinister Traveler, that could be a big problem for everyone. Oh, interesting. That's what Wesley is in the oh, end of it? Picard. Yeah, they've recruited... They've recruited, uh... Oh, God, Sorry. Oh, well, speaking of, uh, Picard, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw the, um... The, um... The Sung family? (laughs) Clearly the the, the genetic line. They just keep making the same two people. The seed Um, is strong. They call one of the... the uh, the Gary Seven the people? Gary Seven no. people, the Watchers. Whoever their bosses are, though, that's maybe. true. We don't know who their bosses are, and I'm surprised Picard didn't recognize oh the Q. So you know how Gary Seven is kind of a James Bond type mm-hmm. secret agent. Yep. Kitty. Who's James Bond's boss? M. M. <laughs> or who's the guy that makes the technology for Q? Q. There you go. Um, Shakes head furiously. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, we haven't talked any races really from DS9 because oh, the prophets. Because there's just the two. Oh, yeah. yeah. The prophets. The prophets and the paw wraiths. They who are the same species. I was gonna say they're the same, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like they certainly have, seem to have a good amount of power within their area. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, you don't necessarily get the sense that they can affect much outside I don't of know. They, the wormhole and its immediate surroundings. They can go bang Joe Sisko. Yeah, that's true. Well, they can possess people. Yeah. Yeah, how did they get to her? They just knew. They used their space-time bullshittery. Yeah, I'd say un- unclear what their power ability is I mean, because they, they also an don't understand fleet to vanish that's yeah. true that's pretty good but they had to be in their wormhole they did have they? to yeah yeah like it seemed they seem somewhat oh no oh no maybe they used to all be bad and oh, somebody yes. else <laughs> confined them to the wormhole to keep them from fucking everything up yeah the celestial temple is actually the celestial prison i love that <laughs> and it's that most of them have been there long enough that they've learned to chill out and the Paw Raids are actually just what they always used to be like. And these were the few that were like, we are not going to take this Reformation line. Like, we're, we're not going to become reformed by this. Fuck you. Yeah. And I don't want to win the Q with the Trathom because it's always the damn Q in Beta Cannon. Somebody can else. It, can it be... The Expergen. Sargon. No, Sargon's not powerful. Sargon's powerful. They've, they've transcended. He lives in a ball. Before, <laughs> <laughs> before he lived in a ball... He and Thalesa and Hanok were ultra powerful beings. And hey, Pikachu lives in a ball and he's really strong. <laughs> Actually, no, he's... Sargon is basically a Pokemon. That's good. That's good. Sargon, Sar, Sar. Oh, oh God. Um, I was going to throw out one last one. Go ahead, do it. Possibility. Don't know how y'all feel about it. Guinan. I've seen people put Guinan on this list and I have no idea why. Because Q is afraid of her. She's po- and... she's she's powerful enough that she gives Q the heebie-jeebies. Why? I'm though? afraid of centipedes, but they're not super powerful. <laughs> centipedes going on the list. <laughs> I mean, she's also hundreds of years old, at least. We don't know. That's just quite... long livedness, though. Yeah, that's but, like Vulcans. But she's she's also got vision through time and space, and multi- and she can she could tell something was wrong in the yesterday's Enterprise. Yeah, timeline. she can experience multiple multiple universes simultaneously. I, I, like I kind of wonder, like, is she actually a normal Elorian? I don't know because we only see a couple, three. What are and the three? There's her. There's Soren, and that jackass from the Luck episode of Oh God, him. And oh, so Soren's the guy that brings the Luck from machine rivals. over DS Nine. Oh, that fuck. They were originally going to have him be his, her kid, even, I think. Yeah, it seems like every other Elorian is a schmuck. Is a schmuck. And then like, there's a mad him. scientist. Well, okay, there's a mad scientist, and you can kind of get why he's crazy. And there's a con man. Like. But they listen. Mm, ish. Yeah. Like, we don't actually, yeah, that's true. We don't know what Guinan actually is, because we know that she is a good listener, mm-hmm. and we know that she was on. The refugee ship. She was certainly living as an Elorian because she knew Soren as one. Yeah, yeah she identifies. But she. Sure but as here's an the thing: she was living on Earth as a human as well in the 1800s. Yeah, so, so like she, she might she might have just gone to Eloria to be like, oh, these people seem interesting. Let me hang out with them for a while. No, you can't make make Guinan a nefarious being. No, no, she she no, no. I think she's. I think she's she like. Just likes world travel. I think Guinan is an omnipotent. Being from one of the old <laughs> ra- ascended races, or and 
She just likes to fuck around and like experience she likes other life forms. <laughs> she likes to or fuck she's around a, and find out. She's a traveler, maybe. Could be, could mm-hmm. be. But either way, I think she's. I don't see any evidence really that uh, Soren or Luck Game Guy. Aside from being very long livid, yeah. they just seem like people. They do, and yeah, the 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 guy in question is like they try to imbue all these interesting qualities into her because it makes her an interesting character, but they never pay off or explain. That's fine. What the fuck she is like to say like why is Q afraid of her? Fuck it. You don't need to know. Just know nope. that it makes their, makes their relationship interesting. But I don't know if that necessarily means she has powers. I think it was just something the writers decided would be an interesting connection for them to well, have. Well, she, she also can powers. summon Q with a magic bottle. Well, mm. okay. There's that. <laughs> but that's the bottle. The <laughs> bottle is that's, a that's, That really just gets to the point of it's more interesting when you don't know. Uh, this is true. It's witchcraft. All right. I have four more that probably won't make the list. We have Kess, who mm. by the end, when she has the gift, yeah. the gift, she can do all kinds of crazy mind stuff. She can throw the Voyager 70,000 light it, years away. It feels like maybe she has jumped to that yeah. transcendent is, level is that Jake the, was talking about. Yeah, is about. that the thing? Are the, are the Okampa just like... At that stage. Or, well, somehow she seems to be a bit ahead of everyone. Yeah, she jumps ahead. Because even the ones that we've met that have been off their their planet, off character. The ones that can live to 20. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Ooh, are the Parates and Prophets just Bajorans that have ascended (laughs) from from the future? Because we know they're timeless. From the future. Oh, God. That's weird. Are they future? (laughs) That's weird. No, are they future? (laughs) Is one of them the descendant of Kai Wen and the other one the descendants of like are the prophets the descendants of Kai Wen and the Pares the descendants of Gul Dukat. That's dumb. That that have that were Here's thrown into the fire caves. Here's the thing. Dukat we know had children. As far as we know, Kai Wen doesn't. No no but but, well, if, but you mean from their energies that yeah, went to because the they, both, they both died in the fire caves. But their energies will always exist because yeah. transfer of or maybe they're or maybe Kai something. maybe no 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 that it's not Kai when why is it Kai when that was ridiculous no the prophets Opaka. Opaka. the prophets are the Cisco uh, because he also died in the fire caves uh, or disappeared in the fire God, caves. God, please stop! I like all of this, and I never want the answer. I like being able to yes. have crazy thoughts like that. I love the crazy thought. Ugh. Three more small ones. Uh, we got Yarnick, the Excalbian from the Savage Curtain, who just made himself an Abe Lincoln one day. Oh, uh, I actually almost asked about Abe Lincoln, but I couldn't really remember much about the um, episode. Yeah, it's a weird, stupid episode. Actually, that reminds me. There's another one I don't, that I haven't seen on a list. The stupid creature from the Old West ap- episode. Oh, oh um, yeah. eye stock there. Yeah, the eye stock thing. Eye stock. What is the episode? Uh, Spectre of the Gun. There's just full of days. God damn it. But yeah, that thing that decides to just also make a planet for Kirk to die on and gets into their brains and does all this shit. Yeah. Pretty omnipotent E. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nagilum. Space face. Obviously very powerful. Can make guys' heads explode for his own fun. Yep. But again, I think like Sword of the Prophets, it seems like limited to his immediate zone. Exactly. So smaller power, but still a lot of fucking. Oh yeah, I mean compared to any kind of humanoid thing, is is godlike. 
Yeah, and the last one I have, because there is honestly not that much in newer Trek, mm -hmm. but there is an episode of Lower Decks in which Ransom suddenly transcends and becomes this all-powerful destroyer of worlds. Sure! And it's funny. It's good for him. He's a good He's a good guy. So he, he like Riker, becomes almost Q-like? But yeah, it's it's basically, uh, what's the episode? Hide and Q? The one where he where he gives Riker Q powers. Yeah, Hide and Q. It's a little like that, but mm. without Q. It's just it's just a thing that happened to Ransom one day. Like you do. Like remember you do. Makes, remember when he makes Wesley into a big burly man? <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Chris? <laughs> it's a flaff, a mixture of fart and a laugh. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's a that's a long and annoying list because. Star Trek is full of these fucking things. I think Fox. most of them are from TOS. <laughs> a lot of them, yeah. TOS really loved their omnipotent aliens. They did. The Metrons were dicks. <laughs> no, yeah. they were like super powerful and just weird petty bitches. Yes. Who put Gem in her weird cave? Oh. Those are those bozos. Yeah, they were yeah, weird they alien were, dudes. They were just alien dudes. Yeah, like so. high tech, but not like godly things what about whoever was running the show in the world is hollow and i have touched the sky that was a supercomputer okay yeah yeah as i say we, we, Trek. we need a whole nother episode that's just supercomputers we can yeah. do that because yeah, the that tos be loved its omnipotent beings and its supercomputers yeah, because like every episode where like every episode where like the magic thing wasn't an omnipotent being it was, it was actually a, it was a computer yeah. that went haywire yeah Obey fembot. <laughs> oh, computer, 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 computer. Who was a fembot? Yes. Be Arthur. Why do you need gold? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you why we need gold next week. Probably not, but we'll find out. Uh, well, because we're doing more Voyager next week. Ooh. Who knew? We're here. We've done. We've started the season six thing. Episodes next week are going to be. Tinker Tailor Doctor Spy. No. And Alice. Is it really? Yeah. It yeah. is. It's it's Tinker Tailor Doctor Kunt. It's, it's one of it's one of the top episodes. Is it really? So is it good? It's one of my top episodes. Oh no. It'll be it's interesting what, what other say? people think about it. Well, it's one of your top episodes. It's clearly one of the top I'll episodes. I'm gonna say and you and you'll tell me next week if you agree, but for my money, it is the best cold open oh. of any Star Trek God. episode. Jake has made me watch the cold open, and I don't know what I think about it. I was going to say, he's making a face that makes me you'll not sure it. if he I think you'll it. love it. I, I think it. you'll love it. You won't because you hate it. Here's fun. the thing. I'm <laughs> already biased towards it from the title, so. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, tell, just like watch the cold open and tell me it's not the best thing you've seen. Okay. Yep, so tell us next week if it's the best thing you've seen over here on A Star to Steer Her By or Ooh. on the SoundCloud. We're on all the other different podcast places. There's an Apple one, there's a Google, there's a fucking ton of them. I don't care which one you use. I use SoundCloud. You can also read up this whole Omnipotent Being blog post that we've been talking about over on our Tumblr page. Make sure that you are following and watching all the things that we do over on the Tumblr at sshpodcast.com. Dot com. Woo. See who made the list, because the list ended up being way too long again. Like definitely I, like centipedes. Like I've been doing. Yep, centipedes. Definitely top of the list. What else do we do? We do Facebook. We do Twitter. That stuff. It's all fine. And we'll be back next week with more. Until then, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Chris. Chris, get off the barge. But, but, but yeah, it's so soothing. <laughs> Thank you.
fuck. Never mind. Good, good. Good choice. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fuck. I'd had a thought and then it immediately was just like, mm, yeah, fuck that. 